Happy holidays, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and looking back at my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, and Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast, and together we're going to find our way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Whew! <laughs> How are you all doing this Christmas Eve? I'm doing good. Well, since I did cover... Charlie Brown, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, um, the things, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. I'm like, you know what, I want to cover a Charlie Brown Christmas. Now, I did do a short, quick version back in, I think, 2017 of the Charlie Brown Christmas. But I'm like, you know, I want to make this one fun and family-friendly like I made the other two. So, this is my one of my little Christmas gifts to you all. So, Charlie Brown Christmas actually came out in 1965, and here's a summary for it. Depressed at the commercialism he sees around him, Charlie Brown tries to find a deeper meaning to Christmas. And here's a different, there are a couple summaries. When Charlie Brown complains about the overwhelming materialism that he sees amongst everyone during the Christmas season, Lucy suggests that he become director of the school Christmas pageant. Charlie Brown accepts but it proves to be a frustrating struggle. When an attempt to restore the proper spirit with a forlorn little fir Christmas tree fails, he needs Linus's help to learn what the real meaning of Christmas is. So the rating for this on IMDb is quite high, which is not surprising. It's an 8.3 out of 10 based on 29,206 ratings. Wow. This, of course, was directed by Bill Melendez, writer Charles M. Schultz, who the Penis characters are written by. The Conomets strip Peanuts. All right. All right, here we go. Some trivia. First animated Peanuts special. Broke many of the rules prevalent for animated holiday specials during the 1960s. It didn't make use of a laugh track. Real children were used for the character voices instead of adult characters imitating children's voices. And biblical references were used to illustrate the true meaning of Christmas. Alright, alright. Kathy Steinberg, who did the voice of Sally Brown, had not yearned learned to read yet at the time of production, so she had to be fed her lines often a word or syllable at a time, which explains the rather choppy delivery of the line, all I want is what I have coming to me, all I want is my fair share. When viewing the rough cut of the show, both Bill Menendez and Lee Mendelssohn were convinced that they had a flop on their hands. After it premiered, they were happily surprised and shocked at the high ratings and excellent reviews that the show received. Today, the show remains the second longest-running Christmas special on U.S. network television. The 1964 Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which I did review, guys, and I do have it up for you to listen to. The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer premiered one year earlier is still broadcast every year on U.S. network television. Honestly, guys, a lot of us, I imagine, have streaming services now, so, and do our television watching through that. Just before her remarks about Christmas being a big commercial racket, Lucy refers to Charlie Brown simply as Charlie. This is the only time she does this in any of the TV specials. Every other time, it's Charlie Brown. Well, it seems like everyone else refers to him as Charlie Brown, too. Like, first name, last name. 
So we open the movie with the Peanuts characters. They're all ice skating on the lake, except for a couple people we don't see yet because they're leaving their house, which is Charlie Brown and Linus. Linus, of course, he can't go anywhere without that blue blanket of his, a security blanket. And the boys got the skates thrown over their shoulders. They are ready to light up the ice. I gotta ask, how far away is this uh, this little ice skating rink? Because it's daylight when they head out, and by the time they get there, it's like dark outside. <laughs> looks like they're trying like a mile more away. Poor Charlie Brown just looks already miserable. Like, oh, I should have just stayed inside and get warm. But of course, they can't get there completely just yet because they have to stop and contemplate about Christmas. Because they stop this brick wall or like this retaining wall and they're like, hey, we're going to hang out here and just contemplate what's currently going on in our lives with Christmas coming up and everything. So Charlie Brown admits that he's not happy. There's something wrong with him. Christmas is coming and I'm just, I'm not happy. I should be looking forward to Christmas. It's like the biggest time of year. It's like, I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. You think Linus, once he pulls his thumb out of his mouth, is going to offer some words of wisdom, but they just keep walking. And Charlie Brown's like, I guess I just don't understand Christmas. I mean, I like getting presents. I like sending Christmas cards you know, and decorating trees and all that good stuff. But, you know, it's just, it's not, I'm not happy doing it. It's just, for him, it's probably, it's routine. It's the one time a year you... You do that stuff, but it's not bringing you any satisfaction. Did you try listening to a little Christmas music while you do these activities? I mean, maybe that might help. Maybe, probably not, though. I mean... So, he says this is kind of routine for him around this time when he should be happy, and he's not. He just I always end up feeling really depressed. Finally, Linus stops and turns around and has some advice for Charlie Brown. He's like, look, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know that can take something as great as Christmas and turn it into a problem and have an issue with it. Linus, you must not get out much because I'm sure there are other people that share in that same sentiment as Charlie Brown does. Some people, you know, this must be a great time of year and everyone's happy, but there are others, like, this is hard for people. People, like I said, that are lost loved ones that are just dealing, going through a hard time right now, this is probably the worst time of year for them. Because, like they say, it's like Christmas, like you're expected to put on a happy face. You're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to put whatever problems you have aside and just put on a happy face. Like, no one wants to hear what your problems are. No one wants to be pulled down in the doldrums with you. Of course, we get a throwback to... The Thanksgiving episode, maybe even the Christmas, or, oh, the Christmas, the uh, Halloween episode, Lucy did say, of all the Charlie Browns, you're the Charlie Browniest. Like, I've met some Charlie Browns in my, in my time, Charlie Brown, but you are clearly the Charlie Browniest of them all. I love how the kids are all on the, on the, um, on the ice and everything. They all need skates, not Snoopy. His feet are just built in ice skates for him. Like, he's just, I love how he just throws his head back and leans back and just lets the momentum just take him. He just throws his head back, stretches his arms out, and just like, zoom! Ah, it's going to take me wherever it takes me. Ah! 
<laughs> Eyes closed, not even caring. Like if I hit someone, I hit somebody. I don't care. I'm just me. I'm just Snoopy. Oh, he starts that whip thing. You know, when you grab a person's hand, it's not, it's like a conga line, only you're grabbing someone and you're just like whipping them across the ice. So it's like, if you don't know how to skate, you might want to get off the ice because this is for experts only. And these are ice skates, everybody. These are not roller skates. They don't have wheels. They have blades and blades can cut because they're made to cut through ice. Oh, he cracked that whip, and of course everyone went flying, including Snoopy, who's just like, boom. He pulls a Bambi from Bambi when he first hit the ice, boom, like all four, four limbs splayed out. He's like a snow angel on the ice. Oh, Linus, you and your blanket. He, he's got to have something with him to be able, if he falls, like, I'll land on my blanket. Granted, Snoopy's got a, he's got something up his sleeve because he just takes Linus's blanket and just runs with it with Linus attached and just flies around that ice. Like, zoom! Better hang on tight, buddy! Oh, you're going for a ride! Okay, that is dangerous. He just pulled Charlie Brown along in, in Linus's blanket and it's like right around his neck. Oh my gosh! Look at Snoopy! His eyebrows are furrowed like he planned this! Oh my gosh. It's almost like he intended- no, he doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's scary. This look, this determined look on Snoopy's face. Yeah, cause he's like whirling them around like a lasso and just sends them like flying through the air into a snow bike. Poor Charlie Brown and Linus. Maybe they should have stayed inside and just watched television. <laughs> Charlie Brown hit that tree! Oh my gosh, Snoopy! He hit the tree, this little tree, and a big pile of snow just plopped right on top of him. And this is where we get the title card, A Charlie Brown Christmas. We have A in the color red, Charlie Brown in the color blue, and Christmas with a little hand-drawing white piece of paper underneath that C and it's got like fancy font letter not cursive but fancy script lettering and then it's got like little um little berries and like li like holly underneath the word Christmas so Charlie Brown's in his house he's like hey it's time to go check the mail let's see maybe someone sent me a Christmas card this year see this we never see the parents. We only hear the weird, you know, sound of adults when there it happens to be an adult there. So Charlie Brown's like, hey, let me look. And he opens the mailbox slot, looks inside. Hello in there. Not a thing in there. Not a thing for him. This just adds to that poor boy's depression even worse. Not even a Bath and Body Works coupon? Ugh. But this is just, I mean, this is all, let's kick down poor Charlie Brown. He's like, oh, God, I know no one likes me. Why do we need a holiday to emphasize it? Because I didn't get any Christmas cards. Other people, Linus, even Lucy got a Christmas card. No one likes her because she's just, she's not nice. <laughs> Apparently, Violet got a Christmas card because she's uh, busy outside, reading it outside just in case Charlie Brown happens to walk up to her. Oh, don't mind me. I'm just reading this Christmas card I got from somebody. Oh my, the look, he's got this smarmy, like, huh, thanks for the Christmas card you sent me. It's like he knows because she didn't send one. And she just looks at him like, I didn't send you a Christmas card. He's like, yeah, I know, I was being sarcastic. Of course, Charlie Brown 
walks up to a snowman. We see kind of dust like furrowing behind it, and then we see Pigpen. Pigpen has made a snowman. Charlie Brown's like, wow, Pigpen, you are the only person I know who can raise a cloud of dust in a snowstorm. Charlie Brown walks up to Snoopy, who's hanging out on the roof of his doghouse, his blue doghouse, while he's reading the paper, and he's got literally a stack of bones in his dog dish, as tall as his doghouse, and he's just crunching them like he's got a bag of potato chips. And you hear the crunch, you know, crunch, 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 just like, like potato chips or something. Yeah, each bone, it takes like three bites. <laughs> Was he just standing there waiting for Snoopy to notice him? Because he doesn't say anything to Snoopy. He just walks away. Well, my dog didn't even send me a Christmas card. Yeah, he can read the paper, but he can't send me a Christmas card? Really? Ay, I bought you those bones, Snoopy. I can take them away. Well, who's this little girl? It's not Peppermint Patty. We know her. This girl's got a little bow in her hair. And she's hanging out with Linus and Lucy and... That could be Schroeder, but I'm not sure. And she's like, hey, try to catch snowflakes on your tongue. And they're all sticking their tongues out. I'm sure I've done that as a child. And all it, it's almost like it's cotton candy on your tongue. As soon as it touches your tongue, it, like, disintegrates. And, of course, Lucy's like, huh, no, I don't do it this early in December. I always wait for January snowflakes. That's when they taste the best. They have no taste. It's just water on your tongue. Like how Linus looks at the snowflakes like, yeah, they look ripe to me. I mean, we're not talking apples here. We're talking snowflakes. The kids put this can up on the fence, this empty can, aluminum can, and they're all taking shots at it with snowballs. I love how um, Charlie Brown stops, and when he, he puts together a snowball, and the way that he gets ready, it's almost like, because we know that he's what... He's a pitcher, isn't he, when they all play baseball? Because he takes a pitching stance. I'm granted, yes, he still misses it by half a mile, but none of the kids are really making it. I still think that Linus kind of cheats here with that blanket because he uses it almost like a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a slingshot in a way. He puts the ball of snow in the end of, and just whips his thing around and just, whoosh, just hits it. Like, I don't know. I, I think that was cheating. No one else was using a blanket or any kind of thing to be able to hit that. I love how Linus, like, walks past his sister and Charlie Brown and Shorts, like, heh, show you that's how it's done. Like a boss. Of course, Lucy's got a rag on her brother because her little brother, I mean, heaven forbid, her little brother beat her at something. She, huh, you and your blanket, you think you're so smart with it. What are you going to do when you eventually get older? He's like, yeah, I'll probably make it into a sport coat. Well, maybe, as long as you preserve it, sure. She can make it into whatever you want. So, Charlie Brown excuses himself, walks away, and finds the stool for the psychiatric help, which is five cents. The doctor apparently is out at the moment, but he's just gonna hang here. Luckily, no more snow has fallen because that stool is almost covered. It's almost buried in snow. Shorter tells Lucy, like, hey, you got a customer over there, and Lucy's like, zoom! Like, all right, great. Another chance to make some money. So she goes over and wipes off her desk 
turns the sign from out to real in. The doctor is real in, as in really in, and she takes a seat. Granted, before Charlie Brown can kind of get going and express himself and lay his problems on her, she insists payment up front. Of course, I don't do any diagnosing until payment is received. Of course, Lucy loves that sound when a coin is distributed into her can. And she jingle jangles it, lifts it up, rings it, like, oh, I love the sound of that nickel, that wonderful, wonderful nickel. Charlie Brown is like, okay, I pay. Can we please get on with this? So he lets her know he's depressed. You know, it's Christmas time. I should feel happy, but I don't. And Lucy, of course, is taking her cues from television because she says, according to television, the fact that you're admitting that you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. They're like, all right, let's pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can actually label it. So she's going to give him a list of different types of fears so that way we can hopefully eventually get to the one that is troubling Charlie Brown. I'll just start listing off fears and their definitions. And you, when you hear the one that fits you best, just tell me to stop. Hypengenophobia is fear of responsibility. And Charlie Brown's like, uh, no, no, I don't think that's the right one. Keep going. How about cats? Do you see any cats around? No. Aliophasia, which is the fear of cats. Like, well, I mean, that could be something, but I mean, I'm not sure. Why don't you put a cat in front of me and we'll find out. Amicophobia is a fear of staircases. Thalassophobia is a fear of the ocean. Well, I don't know where this is set. There could be an ocean somewhere. I don't know. Why do I get the feeling that this could be, like, set in, like, Indiana or Illinois? Maybe Michigan? I don't know. I just, I get that feeling, like this small town feeling that it could be somewhere in a small town in the, you know, Midwestish area. Jeffrobia, which is the fear of crossing bridges. She's like, pantophobia, do you think you have pantophobia? And I'd be like, uh, what is it exactly? Pantophobia sounds like something to do with, uh, panting. I don't know. Or the fear of pants. I don't know, Lucy, you tell me what it is. The fear of everything. And he's like, that's it! And he yells so loud at Lucy, she spins a cartwheel backwards, lands on her back in the snow. But he's actually honest with her. Like, actually, Lucy, I mean, my trouble's Christmas. That's pretty much it. So he's like, I should be happy, I'm, you know, but I feel let down. And she's like, you know what? You really need to get involved in some type of a Christmas project. Like, get your mind, like, on something else that's not focused on being down at Christmas. So she says, you know, we don't have a director yet for our school Christmas play, but I think that this might be the job for you. It has a lot of different responsibilities, you know, lighting, you know, and making sure that everyone knows their lines, costumes are being done, all that good stuff. And I think, I think you can do it. You will never have a spare moment to sit down and rest because you will be on your feet doing everything you have to do to make sure that this play goes off without a hitch. And Charlie Brown is like so excited. Like, me? You want me to direct the Christmas play? Like, yes, we need a director. Sure. Just the fact that she even thought of him is just, wow. Like, no one sent him a Christmas card. But yeah, you can be the director of the play. So she's like, we need a director. You need involvement. It's pretty much a win-win situation. 
So we got a shepherd, we got musicians, we got animals, everyone you need. All you gotta do is show up and we'll point you in the right direction. And she's like, oh, we even got a Christmas queen. I'm like, okay, great. Um, I'll be there. Charlie Brown just like rolls his eyes like, Lucy, you are so far in my personal space. You are like my attached twin. Can you like back up a hot for like a little space? Thank you. So he starts to backpedal a little. Like, I don't know anything about directing a Christmas play. And she's like, don't worry. I will be there to help you out. You're not in this alone. We have plenty of people. So she's like, incidentally, I do kind of get where you're coming from with the Christmas and being depressed and all that. I mean, it happens to me every single year. Every single year. And I never really get what I want. I just get a lot of stupid toys. Or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. Yes, because you are an eight-year-old child. And apparently what she really wants is real estate. Yo, you, you want to set up shop in a real psychiatrist's office because... Yeah, it's too... You, that little box desk you have there is not going to last very long outside. <laughs> Alright, so while those two are um, talking about all that good stuff, Snoopy's got a bunch of decorations, like at least four boxes filled with like lights and other things and who, you know, ornaments, all that good stuff. So he wants to decorate his doghouse. Charlie Brown's like, what's going on here? It's like, dude, let him decorate his doghouse if he wants to. Apparently it's a decorating contest. Neighborhood lights and display contest. Win money, money, money. Ooh, good. My own dog, gum commercial. Well, let him then. Come on. He wants to decorate his doghouse. It looks nice to me. I like it. Let him do it. He had a lot of competition out there. People with actually, you know, big houses, like direct, you know, decorating them and everything like that. A lot of elaborate uh, thought and planning goes into this kind of stuff. So, of course, Charlie Brown starts heading back, what, home or to the auditorium. Sally meets up with him in the driveway. She's like, look, I got my clipboard, I got my paper, I got my blue crayon or pencil or whatever. I need you to dictate a letter to Santa Claus for me. He's like, look, I got no time for you, Lu uh, Sally. Um, I have to be at the auditorium, the school auditorium, to start working on a play that I have to direct now. I have that responsibility. And I'm sure she's like, look, I'll go with you, okay? I'm in the play, too. We can dictate the letter as we walk. I will tell you what to write. You can write and walk. Of course, she wants to get all the niceties out of the way, asking, you know, Santa Claus, how you been? How's your summer been? How's your wife doing? How are the reindeer? What about the elves? What do they got going on in the off-season? All that fun stuff. Of course, she's got to get in there how extra good she's been this year. I got a long list of presents for you. My brother's dictating all of it. Don't worry. Of course, at this whole long list of extra presents, Charlie Brown's like, oh boy, here we go. I got one hand, all right? It's going to take me a minute. He says, please note the color and size of each item and send as many as possible. Apparently, she's he gives Santa Claus an out. Like, oh, well, if it seems too complicated, make it easy on yourself. Just send me money. Tens and twenties, you know. I'll, I'll take whatever. Tens and twenties. And Charlie Brown's like, seriously, tens and twenties? You just want him to send you money? You are like every other kid. Ugh. He's like, oh, even my baby sister is just like, here, take this back. I'm not writing it anymore. Even my baby sister has given up on toys and now is just asking for money. She's lost the spirit of Christmas, too. Oh, yeah, I heard that there. All I want is what I have. 
coming to me. All I want is my fair share. Like, yeah, that's her. I mean, that that first part there was a little bit of a jumble, but you got it. All right, now we're getting to the auditorium. We got everyone doing their little dance. Some people are like rocking side to side, waving their hands back and forth. We got Snoopy on the red guitar. We got Shorter on the piano. We got Pigpen on the giant cello. Everyone's doing their own little bit of a dance. One person's doing Frankenstein arms. Someone's doing like the John Travolta dealy from either Pulp Fiction or Saturday Night Fever. One of them or both. I don't know. A couple of them are doing the Frankenstein walk with the arms out. Lucy comes out on stage and is like, hey, everybody, calm down. We got to get in line here because our director's going to be here any minute. Of course, what the heck is this girl's name? I don't know. It's not Peppermint Patty, but it's someone else. I'll call her Bernadette. So Bernadette is asking, what director? And Lucy's like, oh, Charlie Brown. And Bernadette and Violet look at her like, really? Charlie Brown? You mean the guy we don't send Christmas cards to and we don't invite to our parties? That Charlie Brown? You've put him in charge of directing our play? Lucy, seriously? Sometimes I wonder where your head is. Yeah, Violet's like, we're doomed! Well, that's great. Let's have a negative attitude for Christmas. We can put it right next to Charlie Brown's. Bernadette's like, this will be the worst Christmas play ever. Well, you know what, Bernadette, then I keep thinking that then. Gosh, you kids. You're such negative Nancys and negative Neds. Doubting Thomases. So Charlie Brown comes on stage as Lucy introduces him. Everyone claps, but we hear a and who is that? It's Snoopy. Snoopy! Charlie Brown's own dog is booing him. <sighs> Again, Snoopy, need I remind you, I bought you that whole big stack of bones. That five-foot stack of bones. And this is how you treat me. Of course, he shuts right up as soon as uh, Charlie Brown just glares at him. And, like, everyone parts like the Red Sea and reveals, like, Snoopy, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't actually mean it. I'm sorry. Charlie Brown's like, man's best friend, you are not today. Charlie Brown, like, jumps right into this, into the director's seat. And it's just all about, like, hey, look, unfortunately, we don't got a lot of time here. We need to get right down to work. So, time for goofing off has ended. We are on a tight schedule. We want to get this play out on time. So, everybody better know their lines and hit their marks. You want to have a good performance, pay attention to me. Strict attention straight to the director, which would be me. It's like, all right, I'm going to keep the directions simple so you can easily see them from offstage. If I point to the right, it means focus attention stage right. If I make a slashy motion across my throat, it means cut the scene short. We are running low on time. If I make a revolving motion like my finger in a, in a circle, it means pick up the tempo. If I spread my hands apart, it means you have to slow down. You're going too fast. It's the spirit of the actors that count. You all have to have Christmas inside of you for this to work. The interest that they show in their director, am I right? I said, am I right? Basically, he just wants respect from the cast and the crew. It's like, I am the director, this is all going to work, but you all have to have respect in me and follow my directions. We are a running machine, and we all can only do this if every single person is running at 110%. If you're not, it, the play is going to falter, and it's going to go horribly. 
everyone's back to doing their original dances. You know, the Frankenstein, the John Travolta, the Running Man, the flopping with the head side to side, and, you know, goo Snoopy, I almost called him Goofy, is on the guitar, Schroeder's on the baby piano, and, of course, Pigpen is on that giant cello. One kid in a orangish yellow shirt is going to get a sore neck, the way he's, like, back and forth, like, <laughs> with the neck, like, <laughs> yeah, you are going to have a sore neck the next day, buddy. So, Charlie Brown just sees this and is, like, goofing. I'm like, what are you doing? There's nothing to do with the play. Lucy, can you please get the costumes and scripts and pass them out? We should be a lot farther along than we are now. Why aren't we farther along? Lucy, you said this job was going to be easy for me. And you said that you would help me. Oh my goodness gracious sake! They're just now getting their parts? Apparently, uh, this red-headed girl is going to be the innkeeper's wife. And, of course... This girl with red curly hair is all like, hey, dude, innkeeper's wives have naturally curly hair as uh, Sally passes out the script, or Lucy passes out the scripts. Like, I, I don't know. I wasn't there during that time. Just go with your best instinct. Go with your gut. They probably didn't have curly hair. It was probably straight. They didn't have curling irons back then. Pigpen's going to play the innkeeper. Of course, Pigpen's like, in spite of my uh, outward appearance, I will try to run a neat inn. Shermie's a shepherd. Good for you, Shermie. She gives him his staff. And of course, Shermie's got to complain. Every time, every year, it's the same. I always play the shepherd. Well, you know what? Maybe they feel you just work really well as a shepherd. Maybe if you tried a little harder, you might be able to be the innkeeper. I don't know. <laughs> or he could be one of the three wise men. I don't know. Snoopy's got a big task ahead of him because he has got to be all the animals from a cow a penguin, a sheep. Of course, Snoopy demonstrates how well he can be a sheep, a cow, and a penguin. Why? <laughs> he just doesn't like Lucy. When her back is turned, and he's like pretending to like fake box her, like punch her in the face, and she's like, what are you doing? We need cooperation. Snoopy, get with it. Now he's sitting on top of her head, and she's like, no, 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 what are you doing? Oh. Here's your script. You got other people that I gotta hand scripts out to. Your nonsense will not be tolerated, Snoopy. You have to act mature. And of course, she is telling everyone, like, look, you gotta take direction. You gotta have some discipline. I don't have time for this. I was just told to hand out the scripts. You've gotta have respect for your director, as Snoopy is mimicking all of her actions. And of course, she gets angry and threatens to punch Snoopy, Snoopy in the face. That's what Lucy does. She threatens to punch people all the time, every day. You have anger management issues, sweetie. I think you need to be the one to see a psychiatrist. Of course, he gets her back as she takes a swing at him, a literal swing at his face, and he just licks her with her with his tongue. She freaks out because she's been kissed by a dog. If dog germs get some iodine and disinfectant, ah. You've been kissed by the dog. It's fine. You'll live. Hot water and disinfectant? Snoopy doesn't have rabies. I'm sure you'll be fine. It's not like he tried to bite you. Which, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't because you threatened it. You made that motion like you were going to strike him and slug him in the face. Even <laughs> when she leaves, Snoopy's like, Wah! Charlie Brown's got one of those directors, um, 
you know, things that you shout into. And he's like, all right, script girl, all right, calm down, calm down. You're riling up our uh, cast members. Just, she still got scripts to hand out. What are you doing? You just wasted, like, ten minutes of my time. You just said this play is, like, going to go up in, like, a day's time. Again with the blanket. Yes, we get it. You don't like the blanket. But... Linus is like, look, I I can turn it into like a head wrap. I can turn it into like a little um thing to put on my head. It'll be part of my wardrobe. So she's like, here, just memorize the line. She's like, I I can't memorize this, Lucy. Okay, this is nuts. She's like, yes, you will memorize it, and you need to be ready to recite when your cue comes. He's like, forget it. I'm improvising. I don't care. And he's like, look, I can't memorize this stuff so quickly. Why should I be put through such agony? I'd be like, then go home, buddy. You can just be in the back. You can be part of the scenery. You can go be a penguin with Snoopy. <laughs> so she, he's like, give me one good reason why I should memorize this. She gets in his face again with a threatening of the slugging to the face. Lucy, sweetie. Seriously, anger management issues need to be addressed by your parents. This is not healthy. You are bullying everybody in this play. How they don't all turn on her, I will never know. All right, so she goes over to Charlie Brown and says, All right, look, the cast is ready to go. You just do what you need to do. I've given the scripts. That's my job. I was told to do it. I'm going to sit down now. All right, Schroeder's on the piano. He's got to start setting the scene with the music. Frida, the girl's name is Frida, the one with the curly red hair. Yeah, she's too busy. She's too busy looking at herself in the mirror. Because, uh, what do they want to call Charlie, Charlie Brown Snoopy? They look nothing alike, and they're not even the same species. Anyway, he goes over to Frida and says, hey, we're going to focus on the innkeeper scene. He's like, oh, well, I can't. There's just too much dust. You know, uh, the innkeeper, since he has uh, just got piles and, and just... Clouds of dust billowing around him and just messing up my hair. So he's like, just envision it as some soil of some great past civilization. Can you do that, Frida? Can you can you can you do that for me? It's not much. I really need you to focus here. Give me the mirror. Thank you. We need. Don't worry about your curly hair. It's not important. No one's even going to be thinking about your hair. They're going to be thinking about the play and the people. Not their appearances. He finally gets Frida and uh, Pigpen all settled. And Charlie Brown calls up Sally because Sally is going to be playing Linus's wife. Oh boy, here we go. We've known she's had a crush on him for a very long time. Oh my goodness. She just hearts all above Sally's head as she goes over. And it's like, isn't he the cutest thing? Couldn't you just love him forever? I'm going to marry him one day. It's going to be my husband. And she just uh, takes his blanket and just follows him. Lunch break already. You guys have barely begun. You haven't really done anything yet. But, of course, it's not for the kids. It's for Snoopy, who's got his dog bowl clenched in his teeth. And even Charlie Brown's like, what are you talking about? We just started, like, 15 minutes ago. We've barely done anything other than hand out scripts and assign parts. So Charlie Brown's like, look, enough of this, all right? The play's already running behind. We need to get focused. And of course, Lucy's like, well, I get a part, right? Remember I told you about the Christmas Queen? Where does she come in? He's like, I, I don't know. 
what does that have to do with the story? This is about, like, the innkeeper and, and all of that others, you know? Oh, Lucy, look, what is your deal? What do you want him to say? Yes, you're beautiful. Yes, you're attractive. Yes, I think you're cute. I'm trying to direct a play, which you put me in charge of. Seriously? We're not focused about whatever this envisionment of the Christmas queen you built in your head. Of course, she goes on a, on a little rant like, oh, you didn't say I was beautiful. You had to think about it, didn't you? I know when I've been insulted. And she just walks in, oh, for heaven's sake, can we please focus? So the kids are all dancing again. She's like, hey, isn't this a great play, Charlie Brown? He just throws down his director's, like, little speaker, I guess, if you want, if that's what it's called. And probably isn't the official term, but he just throws it out, like, you know what, that's it. I'm, I'm done. Lucy, do whatever you want with the play. This is ridiculous. I got better things I could be doing with my time. No, he doesn't quit. He just says, if we're going to get the play off the ground, we need to have cooperation. And Lucy's like, well, what's, what's the matter, Charlie Brown? I mean, I thought you thought the play was great. And he's like, no, it's all wrong. This isn't right. None of it. All you're doing is dancing. It's all about the whole commercialism. What kids are going to get that? None. Kids care. They keep saying commercialism this, commercialism that. I don't care about it. And why do these kids make such a big deal about it? Who cares? It's a Christmas play. Just Kids need to be kids, but I think they run that little town, and there are really no adults, like, at all running that town whatsoever. kind of throws her hands back, or, like, seriously, Charlie Brown, what do you want? It's like, the proper mood. We need a Christmas tree. And Lucy's like, yeah, we could use a tree, an aluminum one. It's like, no, 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 no. I will get the tree, and I will come back with it. So, um, Lucy wants Charlie Brown to find a big aluminum tree and how they can paint a peak and everything. And this girl, you know, Bernadette, the one I named, says, yeah, do something right for a change, Charlie Brown. It's like, girl, oh, oh, if I were Lucy, I would slug you right now. Just shut up. He's got enough on his plate as it is. He's the director, you know, he can let you go from this play. So, Charlie Brown and Lina's are out to find a tree. I'm like, I don't know where to look for one. And Linus is like, hey, see all the searchlights up ahead? Why don't we try that place? Really see a lot of different trees. Unfortunately, I don't see any right now that are green. We see different shades of red and kind of a light, like pinkish red. We see one that is like a checkered red and white. We see a purple tree with white polka dots, a yellow tree, a, a orange tree with like pink stars or like half moons on it behind Charlie Brown. We see a tree that's half red and half purple or lilac. As we keep going we see more red trees. We see more like blue, maybe those are like blue firs or whatever they call those. And some purple ones. Do we have any green trees? We see a white tree. Of all these mix of red and blue and pink and purple and blue trees, we see one little baby tree with two branches attached to it with just a little bit of fuzz of green, you know, fur bristles on it. It's like, this is it. This is the one. This is the tree. 
And Linus is like, really? Are you are you sure? I mean, there are other trees, aren't you? He's like, no, it's this one. This baby one here, she needs some love. So let's let's give this baby some love, and we're gonna we're gonna bring her to the set. He's like, yeah, this one here, she needs a home. And of course, Linus, well, you remember what Lucy said? I mean, this doesn't seem to fit the modern spirit. I believe, you know what? No, I'm the director, am I not? She gave me permission to make the rules and this is how it's gonna go we're bringing her here we're taking her to the the auditorium and we're gonna give this little baby tree some love because if you think about it i think charlie brown really sees himself in this tree it's like i'm gonna give a chance to this tree because no one else is given a chance in me yes this tree needs me he picks it up and like half of its little um bristles fall off I'm like oh boy we're back at the auditorium where, of course, Lucy is flirting with Schroeder. She's hanging out at the end of his piano. She's got her elbow propped up on it. Like, hey, why don't you play me some Christmas music, Schroeder? Like, you know the kind of thing I like. And he's playing, like, what is it, the Fur Elise or whatever it's called? I don't know that. I've heard of it, but I don't know the proper title. And I'm sure I definitely just, like, push it into the ground, like with the the butchering of the name title of the song. So of course she and Schroeder get into a, a debate about this Beethoven, not the dog, the composer. And of course, Lucy only counts a person's worth if they've ever been on a bubblegum card. If they haven't, then you've literally done nothing with your life and you are not uh, deemed important at all in her book. I love how Snoopy is kind of like his eyes darting back and forth watching this exchange between Lucy and Schroeder like oh boy this is what kids are debating about seriously I love how Snoopy is just getting into the music that Schroeder is playing he's like ah, leaping into the air his ears are flying back and forth and it's just, it's just like, don't mind me. They're not even paying attention. They don't even know that he's there. Schroeder's like looking down, staring at the keys. Lucy's like staring straight ahead, staring into space at nothing and just letting the tranquility of the music just wash over her. Contemplating life. I love how she's just got like one leg like propped up on her knee. Like, oh, this is heaven for me. And she's got one elbow like leaned back on the back of the piano. <laughs> Oh, they finally look up and notice Snoopy. They're just having a grand old time doing an Irish jig or whatever to that music. And they're like, do you mind? Why are you here? Charlie Brown's not here, so why are you here? Go away. Even Schroeder looks up and is like, seriously, Snoopy, what are you doing? Is he on top of the piano at this point? Oh my gosh, he's dancing on the piano. I thought he was dancing on the stage. So, of course, Snoopy just stops dead and is dancing. It's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm sorry. I'll go away now. And they both, like, glare at him as he, like, slithers out of the room. His face is, like, red in embarrassment. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I got too caught up in it. Oh, gosh. No one was supposed to see. It's like the dancing you do when you're home alone, and then all of a sudden you don't realize that someone is secretly, like, recording you to put it online. Oh, She's trying to get Schroeder to play Jingle Bells, and he's doing it. And he's like, no, 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 I mean Jingle Bells, and you and pretty girls and kissing and all this hoo-ha, loo-ha with the holly jolliness. And then he's like, doom, doom, doom. eventually he gets so angry that he's just, like, tapping the key with, like, every muscle in his finger. Doom, 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 doom. 
And she goes, yes, that's it. And she screams at him so loudly, he, like, does a cartwheel backwards. Presents to pretty girls. You're not dating Schroeder, okay? I don't know what fantasy you're living in currently, but he is not impressed and he is not amused. All right, so Charlie Brown and Linus reappear. They got the baby. They got the baby, little baby tree, and they plop it right onto Schroeder's piano, complete with more little bristles falling off of this poor girl. See, I, I call I call it a baby. I call it a girl. The little tree. Yeah. She just needs some love. Apparently the reception of this baby girl tree is, um, not good. Everyone's like, you are stamping, Charlie Brown. We told you to get an aluminum pink tree. What is this monstrosity? Even little Bernadette here, the girl that I named, is all like, what kind of tree is that? You're supposed to get a good tree. Like, um, ugh. I can't believe he takes that abuse. Can't you even tell a good tree from a poor tree that Lucy is exclaiming at him right now? You just see poor Charlie Brown's face. It's just... Uh, even Snoopy's glaring at him like, ugh. Of course, Violet's like, I told you he's goofing up. He's not the kind you can depend on to do anything right. There's Linus sucking his thumb as always. Girls and boys, I didn't see any of you getting off of that stage to go search for a tree yourselves. You think you can do better, you go out there and you find another tree. Only um, Frida and Bernadette here are all telling Charlie Brown he's hopeless. So finally, Charlie Brown's like, ugh, rats, give me my tree. I'm taking her home. She's too good for all of you. Apparently everybody, including Snoopy, all laugh at Charlie Brown and they just walk away from him. This play is doing nothing now. It's not getting off the ground. None of it. Okay. Even Charlie Brown now is doubting himself. Like, wow, Linus, I guess you're right. I mean, I I guess I shouldn't have picked this little tree. And immediately, as soon as he says that, it's like all the little bristles fall off that tree. Because she is not heartbroken. And he just, Charlie Brown just throws up his hands in defeat. Like, everything I do is a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. They start screaming to the heavens. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? So, of course, Linus is like, sure, Charlie Brown, I'll tell you what Christmas is all about. He goes to the stage and has a spotlight put on him. So, he tells about the shepherds who were in the field and how the angel of the Lord came upon them and shone God's light upon them. And even though the shepherds were afraid, she says, no, I've come in peace. There is a baby born in Bethlehem, and you will go to him, and you will give him gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. She says, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you, born this day in the city of David, Savior Jesus Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. Here he was worried he wouldn't be able to memorize that. You did good, Linus. You did good, guy. So Linus goes off stage and tells Charlie Brown that is what Christmas is all about. So, Charlie Brown takes his beautiful baby tree, takes it outside, looks at the beautiful sky with the stars filled and so, uh, hmm, just looking at it and just thinking about the passage that Linus had just read. 
He's like, this girl needs some love. He declares, Linus is right. I won't let all this commercialism ruin my Christmas. So he ends up going home and sees that Snoopy's doghouse has won first place. Again with a commercial. Can we? Oh my goodness. He's like, again, this commercial dog is not going to ruin my Christmas. Fine. So he sets the tree, the little baby tree, down next to Snoopy's doghouse, takes some ornaments, gives her a little love, puts them on. Of course, puts one ornament on, and the red bulb just makes the tree. It's too much for the tree to bear, and she just kind of bowls her over, like, yeah, like, weight, weights her down. And seeing this, this, this branch just bent all the way over with this lone Christmas bulb attached to it. Charlie Brown is like, oh no, I've killed her. And he just cries out to the heavens like, everything I touch gets ruined. So Charlie Brown hangs his head and just walks back toward the house. And the whole, all the kids and Snoopy alike, they go over there and they see this tree. And they see like this bulb just hanging on the ground. And it's they're like, we need to fix up this tree. We see now what Charlie Brown was telling us. Because I think they see Charlie Brown in that tree. They really do. I think that Linus gives his blanket to the little tree. Like, here, we're going to prop you up. We're going to help support the bottom of you so that way you can hold that bulb up high in the sky. And that's right, Linus. It just needs a little love. All of you, do something with that tree. So the kids take all of the ornaments off of Snoopy's doghouse and they decorate the tree. And they realize after all that even though Charlie Brown is a blockhead, he did get a nice tree. It's very decorated. It's really cute. It looks like it's grown. Uh, their love helped it grow and give it more greenery. Charlie Brown comes out and he cannot believe that this is the same tree. This is the same little baby fur that he picked out at the Christmas tree lot. Because her branches are full with greenery, it's decorated, and everyone's there, and they're all, like, singing, and they just see Charlie Brown, and they say, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown! They start singing, Hark the Herald, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and Charlie Brown joins in, and that's the end. Oh, this was such a... Even though I covered this, like, maybe two years ago, I just, I really wanted to get more in-depth and everything with it in the in the character and everything and just I really enjoyed it and I hope you guys enjoyed this review too. Just another added bonus right before Christmas time. Another something special little treat to give you all the listeners before Christmas arrives tomorrow. So enjoy it. And have a Merry Christmas and a happy holiday and a happy new year. Bye bye.